Brokey Suki Superman before Zack Snyder ruined him Michael Keaton was the best Batman While Christian Bale was just deadpan No one remembers the other ones Princess Leia in bikini oh, yeah. Transform a Lamborghini yeah. Please don't let Shia LaBeouf ever act again Please God, no Remembering tales from the crypt Back I when Michael Bay wrote good scripts He wrote good All scripts. right here is no mystery it's the history of bad. It's bad. It's the history of bad. So bad. It's the history of bad ideas. It's the history of bad. It's bad. It's the history of bad. So bad. It's the history of bad ideas. Podcast. Welcome to the History of Bad Ideas, episode number 356. I'm Jeff. I'm Jim. And I'm the intern. Jason is without tonight, and Blake decided to join him. They're celebrating Jason's anniversary together, apparently. That's so cute. I know. Thanks for, thanks for the uh, invite. <laughs> uh, I don't think I wanted an invite for that. Uh, yeah, I'm good. So, uh, intern, uh, what type of outline do we have since I didn't look at anything? We do not have one. All right. These are the best I, type. I, and, and Lou of Jason taking the night off, I decided that uh, it was going to be a wild card episode. Wild card. Oh. So then I suppose we will start this episode with the things we forgot to talk about last week. Yes. I uh, I know uh, when we were doing our moment of silence, uh, it had slipped our minds to mention Conchata Farrell, the the actress who is probably best known for Two and a Half Men, even though I hate that show and everything about it. She was still good on it, but uh, a quick moment of silence. Uh, I liked her. I I remember I first saw her on i think it was la law and yeah she kind of like as soon as she got on screen it's like yep she owns the screen when she's on yeah i, I really loved her in mr deeds she was she was really good in that oh. any other moments of silences we need to have before we forget Uh, Jim, what did you, who did you just say? He, uh, I can't remember his name, but the lead singer of the band The Outfield. Uh, I was just about to sing the wrong song. <laughs> I almost sang The Cutting Crew. Uh, that Tony Lewis? Cool. Tony Lewis. Uh, Breath of Silence. Breath of Silence. Uh, their big hit was what? Your, your love. Yes. And uh, I still got Cutting Crew stuck in my head. I can't get the right song stuck in my head. <laughs> Let's see, Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around, I'll talk it over. So many things <laughs> that I wanna say. You know I love my girls a little bit older. I just wanna use your love tonight. Uh, yes, that's it. Okay, I at least got the right song in my head. Not, I just died in your arms tonight. 
the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, we uh James Redford, Robert Redford's filmmaker son, died at age fifty eight with the Battle of Cancer. Oh, that's too bad. Moment of silence. I'm pulling up uh, here. Uh, see, and I, I, I think Jason threw out a Twitter poll of the week. I just need to find find uh, him on Twitter. Yeah, well, I just. While you're looking that up, we can discuss uh, the dude himself announced that he has lymphoma, but he has a spot on Twitter yesterday. Jeff yeah, Bridges. Bridges. Yes. That that is good, unfortunate, but it says it's a good uh, prognosis. So we'll keep him in T's and P's. That aggression will not stand. <laughs> Just tied the room together. <laughs> uh, let's see. I was trying to find the Twitter poll, Jim. Jason. I know he had one because I voted on it. He didn't pull it down, did he? Uh, he's the worst. <laughs> God, he sucks. Ah, there it is. Uh, for Nisi, because she requested, what is your favorite horror film slash franchise? And the four choices that Jason decided to put on the list were Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Saw. So with all the good ones out there, well, there really are great ones out there anyway. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, it's... At least two comments for Scream, but uh... yeah, that apparently that was my fault oh, for not f- putting Scream in the poll. Because Scream might have won if that was in the poll. But whatever, the poll we have is the poll we have. So in last place with eight percent of the vote, we have Saw. Poor Ooh. little Saw. Eh. Nobody wanted more of it. Oh, wait. I, want to, I mean, there was only like nine of them. So. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> scary, why was there a scary movie on the list? Like that's franchise. I, I don't yeah, know. Jason. Yeah. Oh, wait. We can only put uh, four on the list. Is, is that better? Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty close. Okay. Uh, that's come, a, that's a, I'm sorry, you broke up there, Jim? That's a pretty good impersonation of Jason. Oh, okay, cool. We had, uh, coming in third, Friday the 13th at 20%. And with 36% each, Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street tied. I voted for Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I voted for Halloween of the four on the list. I didn't vote. I would have voted for Scream. Of the four on the list, the Nightmare on Elm, the first Nightmare on Elm Street is a good movie. 
And that's all I can say about that. I mean, I'm not a big fan of horror movies, as you've probably heard me discuss on the the pod waves. But uh, the very first uh, Freddy movie I thought was was unique and good, and the rest of them are there. Yeah. But that's my two or maybe even three cents on the issue. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, shout out to um, the uh, Corn Con over the weekend, last weekend. Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. had a pretty nice turnout for that. Everything went smoothly and uh, had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, and if you were unable to watch us live, I think everything is still out in the uh, the internet. I think you can probably find that on uh, YouTube. I'm it assuming. is on a bird. Yeah, it, he did post it to our YouTube channel, and I believe it is also on the Cinema Guys YouTube page as well. So you can look them up there and see some of the the fun and interesting panels that were had over the weekend. I want to give a specific shout out to listener Brian Hour who came on uh with uh, for uh GI Joe trivia and kicked a lot of ass in GI Joe trivia. He was 11 for 11. Ooh. Uh no, Jason, we don't need you to jump on to record anything. Leave us alone. <laughs> oh, can he hear that? <laughs> uh, he's not going to listen to it, so, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh... Did, uh, did anybody watch anything over the last week? Uh, I binge watched the show Evil. Okay. <laughs> That's uh... That's the one Blake was talking about a few weeks back. Yeah, yeah, with the uh, uh, guy from uh, Luke Cage. Yeah, Mike Cage. Coulter. Mike Coulter. I can yeah, never remember his name. Yeah, that that is uh, something that probably should be uh, on my top five list at the end of the show, but uh, I kind of forgot about that because I think I recorded everything on of that show of the first season on DVR and it's all still sitting on DVR, which I probably doesn't need to be on DVR since it's streaming now, but yeah, but as yeah, might uh, my, I realized it was what Michael Emerson's in it too. Yeah. I yeah. I saw his, his mug in the shots. Good old Finch. Yep. Uh, I started Utopia on Amazon Prime. I know nothing about that show. Please enlighten me. It is fucked up. So, basically the premise is um, there is a comic book world, um, or a comic uh, called Dystopia that had been published... And a group of kids inherit their grandfather's house that died. And I guess they find 
pages of the sequel, which is called Utopia. And uh, so I guess it's like a big deal for like in the comic book world, people were have been waiting and waiting on this and have been hearing bits and pieces about it. So they set up a, a an auction because they're going to sell it to make money because they're newlyweds. And uh, so like we're through the first four episodes, but it so it turns out that uh, it's not to really I'm not really spoiling anything, but the utopia that is in the comics is turns out to actually be real. It's not just like they're they're playing out things in real life through the comic. If that makes sense. Kind of. So it's kind of got a, a horror or a scary it's, vibe to it. It, it. Yeah, it's it's not really like horror, but it's like psychological thriller like uh, like I said we're, we're on episode four right now and it is it is fucked up man like and it's very topical because there's like a flu that's like popped up out of nowhere and, and schools and it's like killing a bunch of kids uh. and uh yeah so uh but rain wilson is really good in it so far and john cusack he's just just started coming around like an episode uh like the middle of two he popped up and so but i i mean i didn't know anything about it going in either like i kind of had an idea it was just kind of like you know topical on like a plague or a flu or something like COVID or whatever, but I didn't realize exactly what it was. <laughs> we were watching it. We just like several times, we just looked at each other like, what the fuck? But it's good. I highly recommend it. So you recommend it and you plan on watching it through? Yeah. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. I mean, me, I've just been... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, the last season of The Good Place just came on Netflix. So, oh, nice. So I've been watching that since I did a rewatch of the first three, and then it ended. I'm like, no. And so, yeah, that was about a month ago or so. So now I'm like, oh, okay. Well, this week I'm watch. I'm catching up and rewatching the last season of The Good Place. I did. Uh, I did also watch two Mel Gibson movies over the weekend. Which ones were those? Uh, I watched Get the Gringo. It's like from like 2010, 2012, maybe. It's like a really, really old movie that he 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 co-wrote, and he I, it was actually pretty bad but okay <laughs> i mean it, it was enjoyable enough and then the other one i watched like he's so he's like a he's a like bank rock like he robs people and he ends up in some mexican jail and he's like trying to figure out like who's running the jail because that's what he does and he befriends a kid that 
So like this Mexican jail, like you can pay it if you have money, you can pay to have your families like live with you in jail. So like he befriends like there's a kid that's in there because his mom's in there and he befriends him and it, it whatever it's I mean it's Mel Gibson but it was pretty decently <laughs> worth an hour and a half. So did he direct it or just star in it? Uh, he starred in it and he co-wrote it. Okay. But I don't believe he produced, he might have produced it too. I don't know. His name was all over the place in the credits, so. And then the other one I watched, which I had never heard of, was Bloodfather. Nope, I don't know that one either. Um, let me make sure that that's the name of it. That doesn't surprise me. I don't know the names of these movies. He's been canceled so many times by now that. Yeah, yeah, it was called Bloodfather. Um, it was uh, the main characters in it are uh, him and William H Macy, and uh, Aaron Moriarty. Oh, who, Starlight. Who is Starlight? Yeah. Uh, so he's like a deadbeat dad. She's his daughter who he hasn't seen in a million, you know, forever. And she's like, gets sucked into this gang and she kills one of the guys in the gang. So they're coming after her. So she goes to him for help and they bond and have a, all of a sudden are like father daughter by the end. Oh, it's just like I I didn't want to like watch anything like because I I you know just one of those like put it on and just kind of like lay there and watch it not think about you know anything kind of movies. So so <laughs> a TV show you would recommend and two movies you probably don't recommend. No, not really. I mean, if you're looking for something to put on and, and not really pay attention to, watch those two movies. <laughs> I can think of a lot of things I can watch and not pay attention to. Right. Jim, you watch anything? Uh, just uh, Evil and... Um, I can't really come up with anything else I really tried to watch. Oh, I'm caught up on the uh, Great uh, British Bake Off. Ooh, nice. Oh, man. So how many seasons are there of that? I think it's eight. I think they're in the eighth season. Okay. And then they have a couple spinoff little ones, too. But I am uh, patiently waiting for season seven of Forged in Fire to drop on Hulu. Because I have now watched all six seasons that are on Hulu. <laughs> uh, there's some good I, I, fortune fires in the most recent season. Yeah. Season five and six, I think, are like, I really enjoyed season one just because it was new. But then, like, as it got going, like, five and six were awesome. And actually... There, it turns out one of the guys from one of the episodes in season five is from uh, Somerset, where my parents live. Oh, okay. 
and, and Kentucky, and uh, I just actually uh, bought a knife from him. Nice. Uh, I hooked up like he had a he has a shop like a you know online shop and stuff. So he was uh he he was the first like when I first looked him up when I saw the episode he was like completely backordered on everything, and then he uh like you could sign up for his like newsletter or updates and stuff. So he sent out a message saying he was taking orders again. All right. So I was able to order a knife from him. Sweet. Will it keel? I hope so. I mean, I hope I don't ever have to find out, but if I do, I'll let well, you know. Hopefully, hopefully it cuts. Yeah, hopefully at least it cuts. Important. That would that that would be bad if it didn't. Well, actually, we learned looking up online that Doug Markaitis saying it will keel isn't just him saying kill in a clever way. He is actually saying keel, K-E-A-L. And it stands for keep everything alive. Because he doesn't actually want to kill anything. He just wants to keel it. So I, I found that amusing and, and, and whatnot. But uh, they also have a had a spinoff show this past season. Where yes. It was against the, uh, the judges. Where they brought back former winners... And then they would wheedle down the former winners to go one-on-one against one of the judges. So that was kind of cool, watching the the judges get into there. Yeah, I'm looking – yeah, like I said, I I haven't seen a date for when seven is supposedly coming, but I know they're filming season eight right now, according to uh, Doug's Instagram page. All right. Instagram. I'm still not on Instagram. I don't get Instagram. I don't want to see people's pictures. And I certainly don't want people to see my pictures. Jeez. <laughs> who who was your favorite uh, contestant on Forged and Fire? If you had one. Oh, I don't know if I remember. I'm trying to even remember some of my favorite blades. You can't, that were... can't say Ben Abbott. I can't? Can't. <laughs> I actually never saw Benny Emmett compete because I didn't see like the first two seasons. I didn't start to like season three. So I'm so. trying to remember the guy's name. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was from from P- Pigeon Forge. Okay. Um, I'll look it up. He was like he kind of reminded me of uh like uh, what was the the Turtle Man? Remember the Turtle Man? Yep. He kind of reminded me of the of that guy, like just like he was, you know, one of those like personalities that like they filmed and they were probably like, holy fuck, this guy. Yeah, we got to get this guy on. <laughs> uh... I, mean, I like watching the ones where you like you get to the final and two people have like both have spectacular blades and they both would have won at any other time and you feel bad for the guy who loses that on a like just some small minor thing like like a small type chip or roll or something what other times you watch where other people both blades fail and neither of them should have won but one guy's blade yeah somebody has to win somebody has to win your blade didn't break until the third whack so you win right (laughs) 
And it's like, you know, the guy's name is, sorry, the guy's name was Robbie Bowman. He was in season four. Season four, Robbie Bowman from Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Yep. My favorite is probably maybe the the Master Blade Smith they had on there. Uh, Burt Foster has been on three times, and I believe has won three times. <laughs> Ooh. I just think it's it's such a cool show because like sometimes they get guys who are, you know have been doing this fifty years, and then they get like a guy who is like a I last month. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, you know, he's like a data processor, like nine to five. And then he's got like, he bought a forge off eBay and he's just like making knives like when he's bored. Like, like the rain. Part-time bladesmith for three months now. Yeah. And we're going to make you do a canoe Damascus using four things. (laughs) The guy's like, uh, I got a hammer. (laughs) I, oh, there was one episode I liked where they gave him the choice. You can do it old school or new school. And uh, two, the two old guys? Yeah. And, well, and it's like, okay, you, 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 can, you can't use any electrical tools if you're doing it old school. But what you need to make is, you know, not as yeah. difficult. But, like, these guys, these older guys, it's like, uh, you know you're you're going to give out in two hours of just pounding. Yeah. And and it, I was like, oh man, no, go for the new, go for the new stuff. <laughs> Make a cold <laughs> Damascus pattern. Come on, don't just sit there and try and pound. Uh, like I remember the one thing that like about like about that how like people that they choose. And how, like, cool it is to see, like, like made to the finals. Like, it was early, probably season two, season three. Like, one of the guys that made it to the finals, he literally didn't have any forging, like, tools. Like, he had a fire pit in his backyard that he filled with coal to get the blades hot. And he had, like a very small anvil and the hammer and that was it. That was it. Wow. He didn't have like a quench tube or or anything. So when he got to when he got down to quenching, he dug a trench in his backyard yep. and dropped it down into the mud, got it wet and then dug it out and then covered it back up with the mud just to cool it. Oh, so wow. it's like it's like you know you got guys like that who you know, he like he didn't win, I don't think, but like obviously the ten thousand dollars for him could have been, you know, getting his business off the ground. Like yeah. he's literally doing it with nothing. And then, you know, the guy he's going against has like a thirty five hundred square foot, you know, shop out in his backyard and he's got the power hammer and the you know, all that stuff, so I just think that to me is really cool, you know, seeing guys that literally just have nothing can, you know, what they can turn out, you know, with their limited resources. No, I agree. But 
if I ever win the lottery, I will be buying knives from a lot of those guys because they have I've I've started following them on either Instagram or Twitter or looking up their shops and like their stuff. It's so cool. I thought you were going to say if you won the lottery, you'd buy a forge and start forging. Well, yeah, yourself. I'll do that, too. That would be cool. I'm trying to get my dad to buy all the stuff because he's got the he's got the land and the he's got the garage for it. I got I don't have the space for it here in the middle of the city. <laughs> so uh, on your quarter acre or whatever, uh, you don't think you can set up a a forge when the neighbor's garage uh, is within uh, hammering yeah. distance? <laughs> Spark, sparking distance of your neighbor's house. Anyway, thank you everybody for tuning in to Forge and Fire Talk. Why wouldn't you? Oh, <laughs> uh, the other thing that I forgot to watch was uh, that shitty ass Bengals game on Sunday. That was awesome. Uh, oh, that it was some of our listeners' feedback. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was all our listener feedback for the most. Yeah, there were two. <laughs> we had two listener feedback. Uh, one was uh, from that one guy, Doug. A pans can't give yourself a nickname. Seven. Dad. And he. Let's see. Right. Let me... Rank these office characters: Creed, Kevin, Oscar, Toby, and Stanley. Now, I suppose the first thing we need to do is come up with how we are, like, what's the criteria to rank them? I mean, are we ranking them by the ones that amuse us the most or the the ones we feel are better people? How are better we ranking? If it's, are they better people, Creed's last. Well, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if it's the ones but, that amuse you, Creed's first. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, first off, I I think it's very sexist that he didn't uh, include any of the ladies of the office. Well, we so, know the ladies are probably going to be ranked ahead of all the guys anyway. Fair. Well, we'll just uh, we'll put the rank the lady characters next week. Uh, there we go. Yeah, Doug, send us five office ladies, and then we'll rank them. But right now we're just doing the the gentlemen. So my five in order would be Kevin, Creed, Stanley, Oscar, Toby. I think I'm agreeing with you, except I'd flop the first two. I would go Creed, then Kevin, then Stanley, Oscar, Toby. I mean, no offense, Toby. You are a terrible person. He played the character that he wrote for himself very, very well. Oh yeah. Goodbye, <laughs> Goodbye, Toby. I I love how that song has been completely hijacked by The Office. Yeah. 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 Goodbye, Stranger. I don't know that. I know the Goodbye Toby song. Uh, and then uh, the let's see. The next question we had was, oh, Jim. Oh, come on, Jason. I didn't sorry, get to answer sorry. yet. Jeez. <laughs> Somebody has to take over Jason's interrupting part. Oh. Hi, I'm Jason. 
that's a pretty good impersonation. <laughs> I, I I go back and think of like the little bits, like just their little individual uh, uh, scenes little. that they've, you know, and who carries it the most. And I'd have to say Kevin's chili scene. Yes. <laughs> Puts him at number one. <laughs> yeah. That and then the one where uh, when Pam comes back from pregnant, from be on, she was on maternity leave and he just like starts crying at her because it, <laughs> he thinks it'll make her milk come in. <laughs> he like she just like walks in and he just walks up and he just starts crying like a baby. Wah. <laughs> Wah. Oh, so stupid, but um, so funny. Yeah, the chili and the turtle. Oh. <laughs> it just turned out he probably died when I ran over him. <laughs> and the dog. <laughs> From the one episode yeah, where we... the Robert California one, where they actually like, go to the uh, Humane Society to help raise money for the animal shelter. And he starts describing all these things about his dog, and they're all like, uh, Kevin, you're Kevin I think your dog's dead. He and smells he goes, <laughs> At the very end of the episode, it's just like doing everything he said and then just like licks his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that I'd have to go, Kevin, then Creed next. Like <laughs> the. the, the the Halloween episode. <laughs> oh, I lucked out that today's Halloween. Something's covered in blood. <laughs> or that one when the time he tried to be young. Oh, yeah, the, the toner paper, the toner from the copier. The copier's at a toner. <laughs> or, yeah, in the, the one where he's, uh, where they're towards the end, where they're watching the documentary at the bar, and he's talking to all the young kids at the bar because he makes the, all their fake IDs for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or when he uh, got Debbie Brown fired. <laughs> the car. <laughs> oh. Uh. <laughs> I've been part of a cult as both a leader and a follower. It, it, you make more money as a leader, but it's a lot more fun as a follower. <laughs> then next, I have to go Stanley. Uh, him and the meatballs. That was good. <laughs> the meatballs. We're not going to need meatballs for at least the next six months. <laughs> Uh, or, or what was the thing that made him laugh? The like stick it up your ass or whatever. Stick it up your stick it up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's this new phrase he learned. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, the best the best Stanley was Pretzel Day. <laughs> <laughs> when it's like <laughs> somebody tries to cut in line, oh ain't no way. <laughs> <laughs> pretzel day i work here 365 days a year <laughs> and there's only one thing that gets me through the year and that's pretzel day <laughs> and i like when he took ryan on to uh 
to I sell. Put it to sell. Ha! Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let Ryan give you a sales pitch while I do my crosswords. <laughs> ha! Ha! <laughs> oh. Oh. Did I stutter? Yeah, that. <laughs> That's that a was... uncomfortable. <laughs> Uh, let's see Oscar moments. Uh, Honestly, the moment disappoints me most with Oscar is when he tells Michael about all the things that the corporate should be doing to like save their neck. So when Michael gets called out to to the the conference, yeah, the shareholders meeting, and then he calls Oscar off. He's like, "Come on, Oscar, tell me what you're to end." Oscar just chickens the shit out. It's like, oh, Oscar. Yeah. It's like, come on, you're going to lose your job anyway. Throw shit out. <laughs> um, trying to think. Uh, Oscar convincing Andy to call Angela when they're in Canada. Oh. <laughs> Ask him what sex yet. <laughs> Going back to Kevin, uh, when they're talk, when they do the the prison episode, and <laughs> you haven't heard of what happens in prison, you would love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, when when he's Oscar's out sick, and and Dwight doesn't believe him, so he investigates and finds out he's not really sick, but doesn't catch on to the fact that he is gay. Hey. <laughs> <sighs> and then Toby episodes, or Toby's moments. Uh, I think best when he finishes the 5K. <laughs> yeah, where are we? I don't know, five kilometers from the office. Why wouldn't he make it in a circle? He made it in a circle. <laughs> that one, or uh, I like the deposition I, when Michael pushes his tray of food yeah. off the table. <laughs> he, he, Michael, he's is in the worst way, and he goes to try and make Michael feel better. Michael just shoves his food on the ground. <laughs> Although when they come out with. Michael's diary, and they're like, oh, well, we need copies uh, for everybody. And Toby's like, uh, can I get a copy of that, too? <laughs> <laughs> oh. The, Michael's uh, gift, retirement gift with a rock and <laughs> suck on this. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the strangler? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Or when, uh, the, when Nellie dressed and, as uh, Toby for Halloween and Toby was strangely attracted to her. <laughs> or when Michael's moving to Colorado and he's talking to his brother Rory. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that would be a good thing to... Yeah, he's like, ooh, I could take him some of my jams and jellies. 
<laughs> come on, Rory. Like, don't come on too strong. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or when he offers his room to Michael at Jim and Pam's wedding. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're gonna die alone. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, okay. Now we can move on to the next listener feedback. Of our of our two uh-huh. listener feedback questions. This one comes from the uh, Besotted Geek. And he wanted to know at what point did you think the Bengals would beat the Colts and when did you come crashing back to reality? What up? 21 nothing. I thought there's a chance. I was even talking to Jeff, who our sister Carolyn is a Colts fan. They asked her, how does she feel about this game? Has she turned it off yet? And then in the fir- and then the next drive, when they only got a field goal, I'm like, oh, they're not head far enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had I had a little more confidence. I thought, oh, they're up 21 or yeah, 24, and then the next thing I know, it was like 24 to 21, and I'm like. Oh, they gave it all right back. I don't think they're going to win. They were even ahead, and I'm like, they're not winning this. <laughs> they lost all momentum. I think it was 24-7, and I'm like, oh, they're going to lose this. <laughs> yeah, 24, yeah, it was 24-10, because they kicked a field goal, and then the Bengals didn't score, and then they scored a touchdown, and I thought, here we go. <laughs> and we got outscored 31-6 to after the first quarter. Although I do remember watching the game, they said the Bengals had yet to score a touchdown in the first quarter, and the Colts have never given up a touchdown, or on the first drive. Sure. Drive. First drive. The and Bengals hadn't scored a touchdown on the first drive, and the Colts have not given up a touchdown on the first drive. And it's like, oh, they've got a chance. But no, Besotted Geek sitting over there in his Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, I don't even know what I want to say about Pittsburgh, but it's purposely just mocking us. Yeah. That was rude. I didn't like it. I was very rude. I know. Uh, well played, though. I appreciate the gamesmanship. <laughs> See, I think sore winners are terrible, terrible people. Uh, I love. I like on the interactions with him and like Doug when when, when they pick two of the biggest cheating franchises, like yeah. to compare who won more and who cheated more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So who did cheat more? Uh, on the list uh, of the franchises, like the most cheating franchise um, that I saw on a list that was made, Pittsburgh was number two on the list. The Patriots were only like number eight. Ooh. Yeah. Number one, Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos. And then they actually got that for the way their offensive line played for 20 years yeah. in initiating dirty chop block and, uh, and blowing out uh, defensive uh, or yeah, defensive players' knees. 
<laughs> well, I know the Pittsburgh people will say Pittsburgh's not cheating. They're doing everything. They're finding ways of skirting the the uh, uh, feel of the law, or whatever you call it. But they're 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 following the letter of the law. They're just skirting the spirit of the law. Oh, that's exactly what uh, Belichick does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh uh, Belichick. Like... Belichick's got a staff on ways uh-huh. of you know figuring out you know what what they can do that's technically not against the rule. Gaming the system. But I mean, or using it to their advantage. Yeah, well, like they say though, with, with Pittsburgh, uh, with Pittsburgh and the Bengals, they talk about how like uh, it's such a nasty rivalry between the two, and for a while there, you know, because of things that happened in Pittsburgh Bengal games, they've had to change the rules in football, and it's like because everything is when Pittsburgh is dirty, Pittsburgh does this something dirty, they change the rule. Pittsburgh, you know, blocks uh, 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 bad block. Uh, was it Hines Ward to crack Keith back. Rivers crackback block? It's like, oh, okay. Well, that wasn't against the rules. It is now because Pittsburgh found a dirty way to get around the rules. And then, and it's like every time there is a rule change because of that rivalry, it was Pittsburgh was being dirty. That's right. When the Bengals were breaking the rule, they were just flat out breaking the rule. <laughs> They're fighting back. <laughs> yeah, perfect was just fighting back after years and years of abuse. <laughs> yeah, well, perfect. Oh, man, I don't he, know. He, he's not somebody oh, you really perfect. want to. <laughs> he's not a clean player. I'm not no. going to say he, he's like the uh, uh, finally the, uh, the the nasty uh, stepson is finally getting back at his stepdad. <laughs> yeah, this is what it is, and by no means is any of it fair or right. But <laughs> nah, the biggest thing was he was he was not a clean player to begin with. That even when he was following the rules, they were still throwing shit at him. It's like, what? well, that was actually a clean hit. What the hell do you mean penalty? You wouldn't yeah. call it a penalty if that wasn't perfect. Yeah, if that was somebody else, it, it, it wouldn't have been a penalty. Yeah. But but we, we saw how the officials like to penalize the Bengals when they're Bengals more than when they're not. In Monday night's game, when Jay Kirkpatrick uh, decided to tackle a Dallas receiver and then intercept the ball. And they didn't call pass interference on him. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> that was horrible. Yeah. But I will say it is in the spirit of what 2020 is. <laughs> seeing Andy Dalton throw an interception to Drake Kirkpatrick <laughs> is the most 2020 thing in the NFL, I think. So, for, uh, for Cincinnati fans, at least. So aren't they allowed to review uh, a penalty, a what you call a pass interference penalty, on since that uh, New Orleans uh, Rams game here? 
and they didn't bring it back after that one year they did it. Oh, they did not bring it back? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was it was there for a season. They they tried it out for a season and then didn't bring it back. <laughs> That's because they they tried it out, but they never actually overruled anything with it, did they? Two or three on the entire season. Yeah, it was just wasting time. Yep. Yeah, that was a pretty bad no call. But it was against Dallas, so I can't feel too bad. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely did not feel bad for them getting blown out. <laughs> in other sports news, who do you have in the World Series winning? Starting tonight, Tampa or uh, the Dodgers? I'm picking Tampa. A, I want Tampa, and B, I think they've got everything working right now better than the Dodgers. Starting pitch, their relief pitching's a little better. And uh, the Dodgers lineup is better. So it's, and then what, who's the hottest team? Who has the intangibles? And that's where, these were the two best teams in baseball this year. So, yeah, they were. They, they both led their, their leagues and wins. Um, I do like the fact that Tampa's, the entire salary of Tampa is, just over the salary of two people on the Dodgers. Kershawn Betts. Kershawn Betts make twenty six plus million, and the entire raise is like twenty eight million. Yep. So it's like I got to cheer for Tampa for that reason alone. I like when teams are able to put put things together and make it better than the sum of the parts. Yeah, it is nice to see the small market team, even if it is in the shortened season or whatever, uh, make it. It's always good to see that. I still, uh, I, I don't know. I want, like I said, I want Tampa Bay to win, but I think the Dodgers will pull it out. They're... With the way 2020 went, Tampa wins. Do they still play half their games in Montreal next year? <laughs> Were they planning on doing that? Mm-hmm. They're, trying to, they're trying to find something because they can't fill their stadium. So this year you have a great team and you can't put fans in it. Yeah. Well, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of like the way uh, Montreal lost. Montreal, the way Montreal lost the Expos was when 1994 uh, where they had the best team in baseball and they – they strike and they cancel the season, and it killed baseball in Montreal. Yep. COVID, does the COVID thing hurt Tampa baseball for having this great team and no one able to go watch? Oh, it hurts. It hurts it there. Hopefully, hope hopefully you know the the fans in Florida decide to go out when they're allowed to to see games. Well, yeah. Well, now in Florida, you can have full stadiums. Florida's governor opened up everything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and like, Dolphins ownership said, uh, "We'll cut it at like thirteen thousand." <laughs> well, was it the University of Florida? We're going to throw in their ninety thousand seat stadium or whatnot. Oh, uh, so. 
<sighs> okay. Yeah. I, well, do, now does that count just outdoor since the rays are indoors? Would they be able to go watch an indoor game? Not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure how that would work either. Can they open it up at all? I think so. Like you have in Indianapolis with their football stadium, they can open everything up. They can open up the windows, and so you can make it an outdoor feel, and still have air, and still have the fresh air blowing through. I don't think (laughs) they have windows other than you know just the entrance doors. I mean, yeah, this was built in the late '80s, early '90s, and. And they they didn't even have a tenant when they built the uh, was it Thunderdome when they built it, Tropicana Field now. Yeah. They they built it hoping to lure uh, a team there, and they almost had the Giants move until baseball told them told the Giants they weren't allowed to move. But then they yeah put the expansion there, and it was immediately an outdated field. Yeah. I don't know. I would like a I would like I would like to see Tampa win, but I would also like to see Clayton Kershaw get a ring. Yeah, He's kind of had a. I'm fine with him not having a ring. I mean, when players I love that have been like on teams I love for so long, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. He never got a ring. I was a fan of his, like in the Seattle days and all that. And, mm-hmm. And it like, I mean, come on. If he's not going, why should I let somebody on a team I don't like? I, I don't want to just because you're good doesn't mean you deserve a ring. I mean, there's been great baseball players that never won, which is why I, baseball feels more of a team sport to me than say, like basketball. You just need one to possibly two great players, and you can you know win all the time or you know yeah. Yeah, you look at Mike Trout. Mike Trout barely ever makes the playoffs, and he's the yeah. best player in baseball. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, I'd rather Mike Trout win before Clayton Kershaw. But uh, and then, and then in football, like they only judge you in football if you make it to the the Super Bowl or not. Like, yeah, you you, you pretty much if you haven't won a Super Bowl, you're pretty much not going to make a uh, make the uh-huh. Uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, Ken the, Anderson. Ken Anderson, yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to say. And he, I think the biggest, uh, it's uh, the defensive backs um, for the Bengals in the 70s teams. Uh, oh, what's his name? Parrish and uh, Ken Riley. Ken Riley. Ken Riley, that's right. Riley is like fifth all time. And interceptions still in the NFL, and everybody who's eligible who's not active or not in the top like fifteen is in except for him. Yeah. And everybody talks about well, he has all those interceptions because he played with some great guys and they threw at him a lot more. I'm like okay, then the guy who played across from him, Parrish. Why isn't he in there? Yeah. <laughs> he was that good. <laughs> yeah. He's that good that they won't even throw at him. He should be in the Hall of Fame just for that then. 
It's that argument. How about the other guy then? <laughs> I'm hoping they get a push and get those guys or somebody like uh, Willie Anderson, who uh, had a great career as a tackle. Uh, like the yeah. Bengals were but they always had a running back rush for 1,200 yards because they had these pretty good running, pretty good offensive linemen that helped them do that. Yep. <laughs> Corey, Corey Dillon. Dillon. Yep. Rudy Johnson. Yeah. Corey Dillon is uh, still the – he has the highest season rushing record for the Bengals at like almost 1,500 yards that the one yep. season, and that was behind Willie. And Yeah. Didn't Dillon have the – rookie rushing record for a game and then the overall for, rushing record he had both of them at one time and then um, they've been since been passed but i mean it's, it's uh, it was like a couple of years and it was uh, jamal lewis okay came by yeah. in his rookie year and just rushed on the three like 298 yards <laughs> yeah oh but then he went to the Patriots. <sighs> yeah. Where is Ross going to play next? Yeah, John Ross. Well, they didn't agree to trade him, did they? I was no reason to keep him. <laughs> well, they're probably going to end up cutting him because they value him too highly because of where they drafted him, not based on his skill or what he's produced since he's been on the team. So they're just playing fantasy football. Yes. (laughs) I I spent a second-round draft pick on him. I I can't let him go for anything less. They should probably get something for him this year. I mean, even if it's a sixth-round pick. Yeah, egg it. You can either egg it a second round pick or use that in a package deal to move up somewhere else. I mean, well, not even that. It's if you cut him, you still you eat the money against the cap. Yeah. Yeah. So if you trade him, you're at least getting cap space back, and you're getting draft capital. So the next question is: Who wants somebody a receiver who can't catch a ball? I don't. It, I don't think it's more that who wants a receiver who can't stay on the field. Yeah, the health I think issue for him is more important than. I don't know. I think. Well, come on, Jacksonville I, took Tyler he, Eifert, so Jacksonville yeah. will take him. No. Well, I, I was a Pro Bowl. Uh, yeah. End. John Ross was never a Pro Bowler. He never had a season like Eifert had. Honestly, I just don't understand. Like, I mean, I, I fact, somewhat get it. But I, like, I, I just wish that they would. I mean, this isn't just John Ross. This is most of most of now. The Bengals have these six or seven guys left from when Marvin was still here that are very unhappy with their roles going forward, which. You have to expect when you change over coaching staffs, the old they're going to want to bring in their guys. But I think overall, like I just don't understand like why you don't play them. 
Like, see what he can do. Let's see what he could do with Joe. With, you know, like, put him out there and just teach him three or four routes and let him see, build his stock back up. It's not going to hurt anything. And if he, you know, sucks or he, you know, gets hurt again, then, all right, we've seen what all we need to see. It's time to go. But, I mean, you can't just not play him and then only activate him because somebody else got hurt and not give him a single snap in the game. Well, the, the coach's job is to put out what he feels to be the best team on the field to win, and he does not feel John Ross is anywhere close to that. So he shouldn't have to play him just because they spent a high draft pick on him and he has talent. If the guy's not figuring out or not doing what he's supposed to be doing, there's no reason to play him. Uh, that's why I mean trade him right away and get anything you can for him. <laughs> Even if the uh, cash considerations of baseball. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like with the, with the offense that, that they're, they're trying to run a guy like that can open a lot more things up than Mike Thomas. Like, I don't know. It, it's very frustrating to me. And I, you know, and I, I mean, it's just what you read. So you, you don't really know, but you know, once, once you get, you know, the two of the best defensive players in franchise history, both pissed off and you, you can't tell me that the two guys that started over Geno Atkins are better than him. They just signed him a week or two ago. They signed like, Williams that week. Yeah, and they started him over Atkins. Like, I mean, it's it's what is Atkins' health though? I, that's one thing you know he's not happy, but it, it, is his injury preventing him from actually playing at a high level? If it is, then you don't want to play him. But if it's not, then not. But so if lot. he's still hurt, he shouldn't be active. Well, they are. I, I <laughs> understand. Funny. That they're thin. Going down. The these are their, they're playing their like their sixth and seventh defensive tackles now. Right. Right. And they just, and they just re-signed Marcus Hunt, who is coming back because, I mean, but if they're that, if, if he's not That's healthy. Not the, the guy they cut for him didn't get any opportunities either. Yeah. He played well last year, but he, but he played tack, he played defensive end. He moved inside and outside last year, and this year he didn't get a, ch- a chance with Brown. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just don't get it. I mean, if there's – and I, I kind of felt this way when they – when he missed the first four games and didn't – you know, they wouldn't put him on the IR. I, I felt like it was probably just because they didn't want – they needed him or they were hoping that it wasn't as serious as it was and he was going to be able to rehab. But, I mean, if he's still hurt, there's no reason. I mean, don't keep him active and play him 12, 15 snaps a game. Like, All right. What I, I want to know is do you think we significantly answered uh, Besotted Geek's question about the Bengals? Yes. No, <laughs> Not yet. More Bengal talk? <laughs> More Bengals. He asked us about the Bengals. He's getting a full dose of Bengals talk. That's right. I'll go four hours if we have to. 
So the uh, other thing that I was really excited to talk about was the Dexter revival. Oh, yeah. So are they going to ignore the last episode with this revival or what? So it's going to take place uh, afterwards. Like they're, they're not changing the ending, but they're also not talking about it. So nobody else, though, then will be coming back to the show, just Michael C. Hall? I haven't seen anything about any other characters coming back, but it'll take place. Oh, Dab, yeah, Dab will come back. I said that they're all dead. Oh, oh right. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it, it'll it'll pick up, like, you know, how many ever years later, 12 years later, and it'll, it'll be a, from there forward, and it won't, it won't, like, they're not going to dwell, go back and, you know, why they turned him into a lumberjack and completely oh. pissed everybody off, but, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it for one reason, and it's that they're bringing back the original showrunner, too. From like the first three or four seasons, when it was, when it was at its so, best, yeah, right. So, so was Gal seasoned. Where are they going to set the uh, the new season in? What's that? Is he going to be a lumberjack killing people? <laughs> well, I, mean, I'm, I don't really know. That? Like they haven't really. Uh, like, yeah, that's all. Was where is this going to be set? Yeah, I that I I don't really know, but um, I doubt it'll be in Miami Dade County. Uh, yeah, police, he really can't. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, although like I could see them like maybe going back there at the end, if and if it does well enough, because as of right as it stands, it's just a, a standalone ten episode yeah. thing. Yeah. But if obviously it's the ratings are going to probably be phenomenal, so Showtime will be like, oh well, let's make some more money. You know, as long as Michael C. Hall wants to come back for it, because he was the only one, he was the reason why they haven't brought it back up until now, is because they're the so him and then the original showrunner, that guy had some ideas and they got together and then they just started writing and then they were like, all right, cool. We love this called Showtime and Showtime's like, thank God. Let's do it. <laughs> good. Cause we don't have yeah. anything good on yet or yeah. anything good since that left. Yeah. So, yeah. so it'll start shooting in the winter of this year and debut in the fall of next year. All right, so we don't. So have we to... just gotta hang on till fall of 2021. <laughs> we'll have some Dexter back. So we don't have to get Showtime until next fall. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it till yeah next fall. I mean, there's a few good shows on it now. I mean, like Succession. Yeah. Um, no, that's on no, HBO. That's HBO. Billions. Okay. Billions. That's the one you're thinking of. I think. Yeah, I haven't watched any of that. Uh, and I didn't watch the last season of Homeland 
either. Uh, but I meant to. <laughs> probably end up rewatching that from the beginning because I'm so far behind on it. Okay, now I'm going to get to the segment of, you know what really grinds my gears? What really grinds your gears? A- Apple. And Apple TV specifically buying the rights to the Charlie Brown peanut stuff, and they're not going to show it on any broadcast network. The holiday specials not going to show them on any network television this year. But they are offering them to stream for free for like two days each special. So like the Halloween episode on, I think I said it was maybe the 31st and 1st or something, or I don't remember the days, but there'll be two days for each of the holiday specials where you can stream them for free. You don't have to join Apple Plus to watch. So they are doing that. They should should just give it, let them uh, sell the rights to like a swan station and have it air it for, yeah, one day. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I I had not seen that. Well, by now, if you really like those, though, you probably should have already owned them on video as it is. Just uh, it's timely. I mean, it's you, uh, you, you only really think about the Christmas one when Christmas comes up or the Halloween one or the Great Pumpkin when Halloween comes up. Yeah. It's not quite like a Christmas vacation where, it, you know, you can watch it any time of the year and it's still funny. Or so, you know, you don't. I can watch The Great Pumpkin at any time of year and still get enjoyment out of it. I got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did not see that. I'll have to uh, look into that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just looking at the. The Facebook page to see if anybody had uh, had sent anything in. More listener feedback. Well, I was going to go on to the the news of the geek here because I wanted to hear uh, Blake's uh, opinion on this, but he's not here. But uh, the uh, Dungeons and Dragons publisher is sued by Dragons Lance Dragon Lance co-writers over a scrapped book trilogy. Is that a plan? Jason and I had nothing to do with this. Yeah, I, th- I think after they found out you beat Dungeons & Dragons, they thought, why why try anymore? But yeah, plan yeah. trilogy of Dragonlance novels has become the basis of a lawsuit between a pair of popular fantasy writers and Wizards of the Coast. Last week, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, the co-creators of the popular fantasy series Dragonlance, filed lawsuit in uh, the Western District of Washington against Wizards of the Coast, claiming that the Wizards had breached a contract related to the planned trilogy of new Dragonlance novels. 25-page complaint notes that Hickman and Weiss entered into a licensing agreement uh, to work on a trilogy of new novels, the first two of which were titled Dragons of Deceit and Dragons of Fate. After a manuscript had been turned in for the first book and substantial work on the second planned book was underway, Wizards of the Coast told the pair they would not need any new drafts for the books or subsequent work for the trilogy. 
According to the lawsuit, effectively, according ah, this, according to the lawsuit, effectively terminated Wizards of the Coast contract with Weiss and Hickman with no reason given. The lawsuit claims that Wizards canceled their licensing agreement because of a series of well-published controversy involving Wizards of the Coast over the company's hiring practices, as well as several controversies concerning racism and its Magic the Gathering cards. Uh, Per the filing, Weiss and Hickman are requesting a jury trial and claim that Wizards' actions has resulted in damages excess of $10 million. Whoa. So. I can't wait till it goes to trial and Wizards of the Coast are there and they get the jury trial. And their only thing is, like, in evidence, we're going to uh, put uh, this copy of their uh, book they wrote. It's horrible. Read it. That's why we don't get any more from them. <laughs> we don't want to publish. We, we got a whole book and a half a book, and we don't want any more. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything else. This is just really bad. <laughs> well, that's the, yeah. I just, I just know Blake has been clamoring for more Dragonlance, and I wanted to hear his take on this. Well, he's after still... he listens to this, he'll, I'm sure he'll talk to us about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it was great. Jason wasn't going to be on the show as because Jason actually cares wit about this. I mean, he's already beat Dungeons and Dragons. He doesn't need yeah. to read books about it. But but uh, I just you know they are uh, two of the most well known authors of Dungeons and Dragons, and you know they. The Dragonlance setting has been huge, and besides the books within the gameplay itself, so yeah, the fact that there's a fallout between the the publisher and the the authors is is not good. Hmm. Interesting. I have a story. And what is that? U.S. spacecraft touches asteroid surface for rare, rare rubble grab. The first time that the uh, we, the U.S. or uh, the NASA is able to land something on an asteroid on a moving uh, asteroid. Whoa! And, uh, and a NASA spacecraft descended to an asteroid Tuesday, dodging bullets the size of buildings, momentarily touching the surface to collect a handful of cosmic rubble for return to Earth. It was the first time for the United States, only Japan has scored asteroid samples. Touchdown ah, to Classic okay. Control announced cheers and applause. Sampling is in the process. Confirmation came from the Osiris Rex spacecraft as it made contact with the surface of the asteroid Bennu more than 200 million miles away. But it could be a week before the scientists know how much, if much, of anything was grabbed and whether another trial will be needed. If successful, Osiris Rex will return samples in 2023. Oh, it slipped through its fingers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's cool. Cool. In a, time, in a time where science is completely being fucking ignored, it's nice to hear some some goods some good stories about it. <laughs> I mean, Just wear a mask. I mean, I realize, you know, that science was one of the subjects we learned in growing up in school, but, I mean, was it really that important of a subject? I mean, 
do we really need any of what we learned in school, really? I mean, can't we just assume everything based on our own feelings? <laughs> well, you see where that's gotten us right now, Jeff. <laughs> what would happen if you went into like a science class, you had a science test, and you just answered however you felt? Would you pass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't pass science, but then again... Who needs science? I mean, it only tells you how things work. It's not like that's important or anything. No. <sighs> no, no. All right, even that was hard um, for my, my brain to say. <laughs> uh, the uh, the other thing that I saw that uh, Jason posted earlier today was that uh, November 1st, Dawson's Creek's coming to Netflix. Minus the theme song. The theme song. <laughs> uh, minus the best part of the show. I don't want to wait for our life. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. no. We That's... don't have the rights to that. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Here, I'll, I'll sing it the way Jason would have sang it. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. So they can't claim that that's the, the Dawson's Creek theme song. That's why he does. That's why he sings it all that way. No one can say he's actually stealing. Yeah. You don't have the rights to my song. I wasn't singing your song. Did you even listen to what yeah, I said? Just, there is no way in hell that was your song. I don't think a single note was the same as your song. <laughs> And then following up from last week of uh, we were talking about the boys and the looking forward to season three. And uh, I think last towards the end of last week, they, there was an article that came out that said uh, season three is going to feature basically a twisted version of the Avengers. Is what they're kind of like their main yeah. plot is going to be about. And uh, I knew this, but I forgot it, that uh, Jensen Ackles is coming to season four, no, three, three yeah. season three, and he'll be playing the uh, Captain America soldier boy role. Uh, so. But, but he's probably a bad guy, too, because all the superheroes are bad guys for the most part. Not all of them. I mean, you saw Maeve had her uh, uh, change, and then uh, Star Starlight's good. And <laughs> um, let's see. So Soldier Boy is the eventual leader of the group, which also includes several other direct riffs on other Marvel comic heroes, even some that have been referenced in the Amazon series. The other members of, I guess the group is called Payback, are Tech Knight, which is uh, Batman. Iron. Oh, I was guessing Iron Man. But... Uh, let's see, a Batman-like character, Batman-Iron Man-like character that was mentioned in Season 1. Uh, the Crimson Countess, who is a Scarlet Witch analog that was also teased in previous episodes. Um, Swato. <laughs> uh, the boys version of the wasp uh -huh. uh, mind droid 
who is the version of the Vision, and Eagle the Archer, a parody of Hawkeye. Uh, yeah, Eagle. But they in, came in, last in episode or last season, season or episode or season two. Sorry. Yeah. So. So that's kind of what they're looking at for season three, which actually kind of sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it does. So. If they would like to go ahead and release that right now, I would appreciate it. Yeah, just do it now. <laughs> just film it live. Don't but edit. But they also say they're going to bring back uh, Madeline Stitwell's, Stitwell's baby. He's going to return. Teddy's going to return. Hmm. So we'll find out what happened to Teddy. <laughs> Expect hmm. to see the love sausage again. <laughs> really? Because I thought they killed the love sausage. Nah, he was just knocked unconscious. Oh. Oh, man. You made me think really he looking was forward dead. to never seeing that again. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to break him as a regular character because he's so fucking absurd. <laughs> but he'll return yeah. for season three. <laughs> I heard there was a slight difference. In, in the, the book, his weakness was when he got excited because all the blood rushed to his members. So it wasn't like a big, long tentacle, but it was a very large member. But then when he got excited, he would lose whatever powers he had because all the blood would rush to his member. So, so they had to like try to make sure he didn't see big boobs or anything when he was fighting. They say, uh, not sure if Aya Cash will return to Stormfront, but the character is not dead. Interesting. Well, no, not but dead. just the stump. <laughs> it, it's Darth Vader. I mean, it's just missing uh -huh. its arms and legs and burned to you know, beyond recognition. So it'll come back in a mechanical bodysuit. Going, no! Or can she heal herself? Can she regenerate? She can, because, I mean, you saw it when Homelander, you know, shot his lasers on her chest, and she did regenerate, so. These are my tits. <laughs> Grant, granted, that's just skin. I don't know if she can grow limbs back or not. Or correct a broken neck. <laughs> uh, that was... Uh... The, the the girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Can... Do we have any box office numbers? I do have week? the list of the top five here. Nice. Uh, latest, uh, the weekend of October 16th through the 18th. Honest Thief was number one with $4.1 million. Yeah, taking 12. <laughs> I don't think we're that far into the Taken universe, are we? Twelve? <laughs> uh, following that up, we have The War with Grandpa at two and a half million dollars. Robert Downey Jr. taking it back, man. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's Robert that's good to De Niro. see him back from Doolittle. <laughs> Robert De Niro. Oh. 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 <laughs> uh. Right. Never mind. <laughs> uh, third place, Tenet with another $1.6 million. 
And then two re-releases, uh, rounding out the top five, The Nightmare Before Christmas with $1.3 million, and Hocus Pocus with 756000 I I still don't get... Like, I've seen Hocus Pocus, and I mm. was... It, it, I, I was just young enough, I guess, when it came out that it kind of hit my thing, but it's not good. I know so many people that, are like, oh, it's Halloween time, time to watch Hocus Pocus. I'm like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a desire to see. I saw, like, part of it once, and that was more than I ever wanted to see. I mean, it's. Yeah. They, they overact so bad in it, and it's just... Yeah, I I never... I mean, I've seen it probably once, twice maybe, all the way through, but just, I don't I don't get it. What, what, is, what does uh, Dr. Uh, Hackney think about this? About Hocus Pocus? Yes. She loves it. That's what I thought. Right up <laughs> it, her alley. Girls love it. I guess that's yes. what it is. It, it it is ultimately a girls Halloween movie that they love for some reason. But I don't get it. I got Nightmare Before Christmas. I'll watch that all the time. That's 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 fun. Yeah, I do like that. Uh I'm not sure I have a list of of re- new releases for the week. Um, the only thing I'm able to find opening October 23rd, a wide release of The Empty Man. The Empty Man? The Empty Man. Um, let's see. That is on the trail of a missing girl, an ex-cop comes across a secretive group attempting to summon a terrifying supernatural entity. James Bad Hill, Stephen Root, Joel Courtney, Marin Ireland. Yeah. All well, right. Let's... Stephen Root's cool, so... They got Directed by David Pryor. So, let's see. Uh, October 23rd, we've got uh... Borat subsequent movie film. Oh, well, God, I don't have that listed. That'd be important one, I would think. Yeah. Follow-up film to the 2006 comedy centering on the real-life adventures of a fictional Kazakh television journalist named Borat. <laughs> Obviously, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Friendsgiving. Which is Malin Ackerman. That is uh, Molly and Abby, along with their crew of close friends and acquaintances, host a dysfunctional, comical, and chaotic Thanksgiving dinner. Malin Ackerman, Kat Dennings, Aisha Tyler, Christine Taylor, Jane Seymour, Chelsea Peretta, Ryan Hansen, Dana Dorenzio, Dean Cole. Okay. All right, so this movie is basically a bunch of stand-up comedians and actors who didn't have anything to do, and they all got together and filmed a movie. That's pretty much it. I said, uh, let's just sit there and, like, what are we going to Wanda Sykes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, like, literally all stand-up comedians, which is awesome. Good for them. 
uh, written by uh, Nicole Payone. Hmm. I can't wait for that to come to Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There was a couple other. After We Collided was the other one. After We Collided, let me see that. Uh, Josephine Langford stars, based on the 2014 romance novel of the same name, this follows the love life of two young adults. That tells me nothing. <laughs> I think it's a uh, a coming of age story with uh... <laughs> Jason so... will watch it because it does have Dylan uh, Sprouse in it. <laughs> now, does he like Dylan or Cole? I can never remember. He likes Cole, I think. Oh, okay. Cole's <laughs> the one that's in uh, Riverdale. I don't remember which one is. Uh, Selma Blair is also in it. Ooh. That's the only other person that I've ever heard of that's in it. Hmm. I've seen Rob Estes in something else. Rob Uh, Estes from Silk Stockings? Yes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, okay. There was, uh, and then there's another, I never even heard of this one, uh, Synchron- synchronic? Synchronic? Synchronic. Yeah, I see that. It's, uh, Jamie Dornan. I guess there was... Jamie yeah. Dornan. Two New Orleans paramedics' lives are ripped apart after they encounter a series of horrific deaths linked to a designer drug with bizarre and otherworldly effects. Anthony Mackie, Jamie Dornan. Okay, I did hear this. I did see, uh, uh, Preview for this before. Yeah. So, eight Hazel 10. Yeah. Hmm. Looks interesting. I like Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big fan. Drama, horror, sci fi is what I see. They have it listed as so. Hmm. So, if there are any movie theaters around you that are open. Those are the movies that are coming out. Uh, All right. Well, that was box office. Uh, I suppose it's time for our top five. Top five. Perfect. Top five. Oh. So... Brian didn't want to do our top five list of favorite top five lists. So basically, because I didn't have enough time to go back through and do my re- do do enough research to figure out what my favorite top five top fives are. But so we are going to do our top five uh, TV shows or movies in our streaming queues that we haven't watched yet. So it's stuff that we know we want to see. We just haven't gotten around to because we, er, well, at least for me, it's sitting in my queue. I saw, oh, I want to watch that, put it on my list, and some of them have been sitting there for years, some of them weeks. Uh, Jim, do you want to go first, or are you I'll go there? first. Okay. Uh, my number five will be. Too bad Blake's not here to get mad at me for this one. Oh, no. Lost. 
Lost. Oh, you actually do want to watch it, huh? I do, but it's just been kind of sitting there with other things I'm watching and not what so. Because I know I tried to get you to watch that years ago. Yeah. When it was still on. I'm like, uh-huh. fine, I'll just discuss with other people. <laughs> well, just remember, since Blake's not here to interrupt me when I say it, they weren't dead the whole time, no matter what Blake thinks happened. That isn't it. You might not like the answers you get, but that isn't the answer. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, let's see here. My number five is the film uh, Greyhound. It's the new Tom Hanks movie that uh, came out on Apple TV. Oh, I'm unaware of this one. Yes, it uh, looks very, very good. It is. Is it about dogs or buses? It's about neither. What? The drink. It's about the drink, the Greyhound. It is about. It is a World War II story inspired by actual events. Tom Hanks plays Captain Ernest Kraust who leads an international convoy of 37 ships on a treacherous mission across the Atlantic to deliver thousands of soldiers and much-needed supplies to Allied forces. And his his ship is called the Greyhound. Ah. Yeah. Could be good. Tom Hanks and World War II go pretty uh, pretty well together. (laughs) So... Not as good as Brad Pitt in World War Two, though. Sure. <laughs> or is that World War Z? Oh, I was thinking of uh, the Tarantino movie *Glorious Bastards*. Or was it Fury? Fury? Was that World War Two Fury, or was that World War One? That was two. That was two as okay. well. See, yeah, Brad yeah. Pitt in World War Z. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Fury was very, very good, actually. Alright, uh, my number five, uh, I've got The Witcher. I still have yet to watch The Witcher. I think I started the first episode, but I didn't, like, get into it, yet everybody I know who likes the kind of stuff that I like says it's great and I would love it, so I need to to get back into it. Yeah, you should watch that. <laughs> Um, my number four is Disenchantment. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the, uh, uh Matthew Greenig, uh, uh, the Simpsons and Futurama creator doing a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Fantasy realm type show. And I really love Futurama. And that had that hadn't overrun its course like The Simpsons has, but uh, I'm assuming, I'm hoping Disenchantment, uh, like I said, catches the feel that Futurama had during its run. It, it's funny, you'll enjoy it. Uh, let's see here, my number four. Did you give your number? Four? Yeah, you just yeah, went number four. Number four. Yeah. Sorry, uh, my number four 
Looking through Netflix, I'm going to say Mindhunter. I still need to watch season two, but season one is really good. Yeah, yeah, we so we started it, but we only watched the first two episodes, and that was like six months ago, so I don't remember any of it. So <laughs> it's on definitely yeah, on the list that uh, we want to get back to. So on my number four. Let's see. My number four is I, I started the first couple episodes like twice, like two or three times, and still it's Broadchurch. Oh yeah, uh, I watched about half the first season, and I didn't get back to it, and then forgot all about it. But it I, was really I good. I watched what episode I saw. one again today, so hopefully it'll, it'll push me back into it. Is that the show that Fox did that they? Yeah, they did one season of it, and it was like they it was based on that. Yeah, it was. Uh, what was I the can't name? remember, but it was the same guy, right? Yeah, it was David Tennant played David Tennant. The yeah. Lead, and, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I can't remember what the American version was called, but everyone agrees it wasn't as good as the the British. Yeah, I can't. I I we watched it, and I thought it was good, and but then like. I was expecting another season, but then <laughs> nothing ever happened, so. <laughs> Grace Point? Is that what it was called? Yes, that's okay. exactly it. Woohoo, my brain works sometimes. Hey, then I'll go to my number three. I'll go to, uh, I'll go Vikings on, uh, on your oh, channel. I don't have that on my, in my queue, but it is one that. It's, it's weird. It, my boss watched the show and loved talking about it, which was enough reason for me to not want to watch it, because then I would have to talk to my boss about the television show. <laughs> and we didn't have anything in common as far as what we <laughs> would enjoy. And everything <laughs> he thought was good. He thought Two and a Half Men was the best show on television, and I hated it. So... Yeah, I, I had that on my honorable mentions because like we've we've seen like the first three seasons and then like we missed the the fourth season and then by the time we come around it was like you know what I just got to start this over from the beginning. But it's a very good show. Uh, that was your uh, four, Jim? That was my three. Oh, okay. So, um, so my number three would be on Hulu, uh, The Looming Tower of Pisa. Oh, wait. <laughs> I know nothing about uh, this Looming uh, Tower. It's, it is the, it's based off the, uh, it's based off a book about uh, it was called the looming tower it traces the uh like osama bin laden coming rising up to power uh, and it's set in the like in the 90s when he's like when he first comes on the radar of like fbi cia and then it supposedly goes through 9-11 okay. but uh jeff daniels is the 
is the uh, lead character in it. Um, I've seen, I started watching, like, another one I started, I saw the first episode. It's like, oh, this is awesome, and then never got back to it. Sounds interesting. Uh, my number three, I went ahead and hobied this because they're all related and they're all on CBS All Access. I picked Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Discovery, and Star Trek Lower Decks. Okay. Especially Lower Decks because that's kind of a cartoon, funny look at the people who run the day-to-day shit on the starship, not uh-huh. the, the heroes and officers, but the, you know, just your your low-level technicians and stuff, so. Red shirts. Yeah, your red shirts, and <laughs> so uh, I put the, Hobie, those three together, all the, the new Star Trek shows from the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, Basada Geek would be happy with you for that one. <laughs> well, then he'll love this show. We took a half hour to answer his Bengal question. That's right. <laughs> uh, and uh, number two on my list. Uh, this is because I was a big fan of the other Damon Lindelof shows, Lost and uh, uh, Watchmen. But I never watched The Leftovers, and I know it pissed Blake off so much when he watched The Leftovers that I'll probably enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I'm my number good. two. Uh, let's see here. My number two is called When the Streetlights Go On. It is a Quibi show <sighs> Quibi. <laughs> uh, that is a drama slash coming of age tale. And it stars uh, Mark Duplass, Tony Hale, Queen Latifah. Very, uh, I, very I, much looking forward to getting into that. I did see a, a preview for that. Yeah. Uh, Mark Duplass, I remember. What show was he going to be in? Okay. So it's kind of like a uh, it's a mystery type of murder in a small town kind of thing. So murder mystery small town, sweet. And it's on Quibi, so so you can only watch it on your phone. Yeah. For it'll be uh, ten episodes uh, that are eight minutes long apiece. So. Hour and twenty minutes. Or they could just make it a movie, and I can watch it that way. But you can have natural break points on it. So. Ah, per- perfect commercial breaks. There you go. <laughs> All right, Jim, your number two. My number two. I I hobied this. They similar. Uh, it's about spies, so I'll go Homeland. Yes. The first couple seasons and then kind of fell off that. And then I watched the first uh, season of Turn uh, about the uh, Uh, revolutionary spies. Oh, so historical spies and modern spies. 
Yes. And then go to my number one, which I actually have to put this as my number one, or I think um, our, some of our listeners would be very angry at me. <laughs> Nona Earp. <laughs> Winona Earp. You have to finish. Winona Earp. I have to finish Winona Earp. <laughs> it's that. And I have to finish the 100, too. I was asked to watch that. <laughs> uh, well, excellent. So Winona Earp is my number one. <laughs> well, this couldn't have, for my number one, this couldn't have came at a better time because it just was released on Peacock. Uh, my miss, or my number one is Mr. Mercedes. Okay, yeah. Is that a the, Stephen uh, King? Stephen, okay. Stephen King that was on, uh, it, it originally was only on the Audience Network on DirecTV. Yeah. Oh. On DirecTV, yeah. So it was only on that, that channel, Audience. And, uh, and it just... Peacock? Yeah, it just came to Peacock. So there's two seasons of it. So it's uh, Brendan Gleeson plays like the main character in it. So I I've been like looking for it, waiting for it to come out, and then I just got in my email last night. Peacock sent out like a thing, like what to watch this week, and it it was in the email. It's like yes, finally. I got that too. I mean. Again, that's another story that might have been in our my top five last week. <laughs> another Stephen King adaptations. Yeah. But I haven't watched it, so I don't know if they can do it better or since it does tie into the entire Stephen King world, the stories do, so <laughs> But yeah, I'll 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 have to watch that too, but it's not one that's been waiting on my list because I forgot all about it. So. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Uh, my number one uh, show I've been hearing great things about, but I haven't started watching it yet, but I threw it on my queue, and that's uh, Lovecraft Country. I okay. have seen, I have been reading some... I've been seeing some tweets and reading a couple of things about that on HBO. It's a, it's on HBO Max, right? Yeah. It's one, one I, of the originals. Yeah, well, I, I think you can just get it on a regular HBO subscription. I don't think you need Max to get it. So, cause, that would be nice. Because it's on my queue, and we don't have HBO Max. But, okay. But we got HBO. So. Okay. When they figure out a way to get me HBO Max through the way that I want to get HBO Max, then maybe we'll switch over. But right now we get HBO through, uh, what do you call it? Amazon. Amazon. You can't get get HBO Max through Amazon. But but I should be able to get this because it's in my queue, so... I wasn't sure if that was one of those, like, Doom Patrol or, like, one of those HBO Max-specific shows. I don't think it is. I think it might be one that they actually show on HBO if you, like, get it on your cable. Yeah, it's a a regular one on HBO that, like, like Perry Mason. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. That's, like, that's 
HBO Max is pissing me off because, like, they added it to YouTube TV, so you can subscribe to HBO and HBO Max. Yeah. But you can't get any, because of the stupid licensing stuff between YouTube and HBO, you can't get any of the Max-only things on on YouTube. YouTube. On YouTube. So I can only watch the Mac stuff on my phone uh, or on my that's iPad. Same thing with, that's the same thing with Amazon, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's so dumb. Like, yeah, well, oh, I hate it so much. I know with, like, what was it, Amazon and what was the other, uh, what's it, the, the device you plug into, Roku. Roku. They, they were charging a fee that. HBO said is too high for what they are willing to pay. So that's what the fight is, is, you know, uh, are you willing to pay enough to get your thing out to more people, or are you going to take a smaller audience to not pay the uh, higher fees? Yeah. It's just another one of those things that I think, like, right now, like, why wouldn't you want to do everything possible to get all of your content out for people to get eyes on? Yeah, well, I agree. It can be if it can be watched right now, people are going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. But I, uh, I suppose there are ways of getting it, uh, just not the easy ways. Like Roku and Amazon are just so easy to get those streaming things, but you need to actually find a way to get some of this stuff it makes it less apt for people i.e. me to get yeah and i'm like so like i'm waiting for for like my smart tv for the updates to come through to where uh because it's a year old it's a 2019 model yeah so I'm waiting for them to put through the software updates that'll so my TV can get Apple TV uh, and HBO. Like I, if I can get the app through the TV, then I can I can don't yeah. have to watch it through YouTube. But exactly. Waiting waiting for at some point this year they say that the update's coming, which is nice because I don't want to have to buy a new TV. I mean I do. <laughs> I, mean, I want a new TV, I, but I don't want to spend the money for a new TV. Sure. We have like a 2017 TV downstairs that we have HBO Max on. Really? Yeah. Is it through the like the app store, or is it through like a Roku, or is it a Roku yeah. TV? It's huh. it's a Roku TV. We got we got to the app store. Hmm. Well, that I don't know. Like I have an LG TV, so. I don't even have a smart TV, so. Yeah, that this is, I think, a I don't even know which one that one is. <laughs> yeah. So. I just don't understand. Like I said, it shouldn't be this difficult. No. Just, just put it out there. If you want it, they'll buy it. Not, they won't. Just. <laughs> I don't want to have to jump. Like, I don't like with Quibi. I don't mind. Because it's usually, like, I I usually watch it, like, at night, like, while I'm going to bed or whatever. And it's, like, it's perfect because I can watch two episodes and then usually I fall asleep. So yeah. it's not, like, an hour-long show, like, you know, like, Doom Patrol 
where like if I, I start the episode and then I fall asleep and then I'm trying to backtrack and figure out where I left off or which episode <laughs> I which two episodes I slept through while you know while it's still played on my while phone. it's still playing on my phone so that's what that's what I had to do when I was watching uh, Evil. <laughs> yeah. I, I pretty much went to bed at seven o'clock this morning. So, oh, Ooh. Ooh. oh, well, I think that gets us to the end of our show. Well, do we have any audible mentions? Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot. Uh, Jason sent his. Uh, oh yeah, that's there. right. I uh, I got I Jason's did. list right here. It's Pompeii, 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 and Pompeii. Um, that's not on his streaming. Cute. I did say that his answers weren't going to get read because he wasn't on the show. But oh. they are uh, Umbrella Academy. He needs to finish it. To finish it. Uh, the movie Creed 2. Because Michael B. Jordan, mmm, abs. <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. Um, Star Trek Discovery. And Schitt's Creek. Those were his five. And then his honorable mention is Westworld Season 3. can't believe he hasn't watched that yet. Bad Jason. Westworld is on my honorable mentions list because we haven't seen any of it. We yeah. haven't started it yet, but we've been talking about it. Ah. Uh would recommend especially the first season so yeah okay. i had that in vikings on my honorable mentions yeah Creek should be on my honorable mention it's i have watched like i think the first two episodes and um it's like uh it keep everyone, going everyone claims it's so great and i'm not seeing it yet That's, keep like you gotta you gotta like you've gotta go like four five episodes you got to get past, like, past the introduction of them into the town type thing. Yeah, you've got to get past who they were in their previous life and let it like, like let let the story keep bringing you into their new life. And because I, I I was originally the same way because I saw the previews and I'm like, eh, nah, no thanks. And then Erica watched it and she's like, you, I'm telling you, you have to watch it. And I'm like, all right, fine. They're 30-minute episodes. I can do that. And within, like, a day and a half, I watched the first three seasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and now it's one of my, it was, I mean, it's one of my probably, I mean, it's a, it's a favorite sitcom. Well, like, won all the, can, uh, the Emmys this yeah, year, so. It did. So I highly recommend just, just keep going, and it'll eventually all come together and you'll you'll see uh, and I also had an audible mention of Silicon Valley that's one that's funny I recommend that so it's another one that I, you know everyone says is great and funny and I like most of the actors in it so I kind of want to see it and want to like it but I just never got around to it my two honorable mentions were Perry Mason and The Cabin with Burke uh, Kersher. 
Kirshner. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I I saw some previews for that, and I like he's so hit or miss for me. Like he can be like really obnoxious or really funny, and I don't know. And Which I'm afraid to watch get? it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid to watch it because I if it's if it's the obnoxious guy, then I'm like, oh man, I don't want to have to watch. I watched the first episode when he, again, his entire thing, it's him going to kind of reset himself, going to spend some time by himself uh, in this cabin away from everything. Because, again, he, he's just going too hard with family and with work and everything, drinking, everything. So he so he told his wife he's going to go just alone time. And then in the first episode, it's him calling his wife telling her he's making it a, a television show and he's bringing people in there up there with him. Oh, <laughs> and she's missed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in fact, I he's just... already here. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Um, I guess I, I do have another honorable mention before we go. Uh, people keep telling me about these uh, Star Wars movies. Yeah, um, don't worry about it. I don't it. think I'm I'm going to get around to them, but <laughs> I'm just going to honorable mention them because, I mean, so many people recommended them. <laughs> I'll only recommend episode five and eight. Okay. And you don't even have to watch them in any particular order. I, I'll rec- I'll recommend the standalone, a couple of the standalones. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm not going to watch any of them, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I know, in case something happens, and I ever do, but I won't. What if you were to come out of your, let's say in the morning, you come out of your bedroom into your living room, and there's somebody sleeping on your couch, and he has them on. Would you sit down and watch her with him? Uh, I mean, that's after, the, that's after the proposal is over. But Yeah, I was going to say, if the proposal isn't on at the same time, then yeah. But I could always put Friday Night Lights on. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> or Rocky Four. For Rocky Four. Hey, speaking of Sylvester Stallone, I wanted to throw this out there to the listeners. Um, it was announced today by Sly himself on an Instagram Live that he is putting together a brand new uh, five five movie box set of uh, all of the Rambo movies, all remastered into 4K. He did all the artwork himself for all the boxes. Uh, so if you can't find Mr. Belvedere and you find that instead, I will accept it. Just just letting everyone know that. And if he does get it, I'm sure you might. There's a good chance you could win a floppy. Yes, I can. I can be bribed, and I fully expect to be <laughs> coming into my second floppies. I do have intern of the year. Uh, to defend. (laughs) The fact that we haven't had any other interns should give you the inside track. No guarantee. I don't want to, you know, the way 2020 has been going, I don't want to 
Uh, I just don't want to jinx myself. So. <laughs> Uh, well, did any? I didn't have any titles for the show. Yeah, I didn't write anything down either. Well, do we have any bad? What's our bad idea of the week? Uh, oh, uh, my bad idea of the week is the don't be an Instagram influencer by telling your millions of followers that coronavirus is fake, only to catch coronavirus and die from it. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a bad idea. But um, that bad idea might lead him to a floppy nomination. Very true. Word, word. Uh, my bad idea of the week is on Zoom calls, don't masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who was that again? Uh, New York uh, Times. Uh, Jeffrey uh, Tubin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody so, I didn't know who it was, but I read that. So he's like a big political writer for the New Yorker. He's done a, a ton of like political, like White House behind the scenes and like profiles on polit- politicians and stuff. Yeah, so, behind the scenes. <laughs> so <laughs> they've uh, some comedians that I've that I follow on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> they're calling it the hashtag me too bin moment. Movement. Oh, me too. Oh, that's good. Oops. So what's going to come up for the rest of his life? Whenever someone Googles his name. Yeah. Not great. I was but say- the amount of, but the amount of common sense it takes to, if you're doing work and you're on a Zoom, like a Zoom call with people from work, still masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he made that active decision. <laughs> this is so very was he true. actually on a call while doing it, or did he? Was his thing just left open? So, um, they were on a. They were doing a an election simulated call, not a stimulated call, a simulated call. <laughs> he misunderstood what they said. That's all. So what it was is that they were they were on this the simulation call, like going through just a, like election night results and stuff like that. And then they were doing they would they had like split up into breakouts of different people that and that were like talking to diff like they were breaking off and I guess they were originally like so they were supposed to come back after they were done and when they came back he didn't like turn his so he didn't turn his video off and then they all came back and he's on another he's like on the phone with like a like a like a somebody I don't know if it's like a like a 1-800 number or if he had like just called somebody, but he was on the phone with somebody and like all these people just like come back into the room to him. And like, he had no idea that his camera was still on. Oops. Yeah. So that's probably what in the top 15 bad ideas. 
There is also a uh, Twitter account out there now called Tubin Zoom. If you, I mean, the the parodies write themselves. (laughs) Okay, now we can do episodes for the show. Titles. Uh, I hope you have some, Jim. Uh, I have um, from our. It's, it wasn't actually said on the air, but it was on our thread. And it says my answer is on the podcast. Um, oh, yes. That's strictly to Jason from Brian. Um, we have com- uh, commercial break. I have it's a Quibi show and mmm abs. <laughs> <laughs> That's one. Way, that's one surefire way to know that Jason will listen. That's true. <laughs> uh-huh. Until he gets to it and he gets Ugh, abs. <laughs> uh, the only but thing I have wrote down. Entire... <laughs> you have to listen to the entire show to get to it, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the only thing I had wrote down is uh, Josh Gad has no butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I would say we can use that, but apparently we're not allowed to use people's names, so Josh Gad can't be name dropped in the title. Can we say Olaf? Ooh, <laughs> maybe. No, Disney would probably sue us. We don't. Uh, how about just has no butthole? I think we'll just, just have no. to Go with no there's, other, there's other characters other than, than than the snowman Olaf. Like this is my cousin Olaf. Olaf Metal Face. <laughs> That's his fucking metal face. <laughs> my love for you, a ticking clock berserker. Would you like to make some fuck berserker? <laughs> Did he just say make some fuck? <laughs> uh yes, this week was the twenty sixth uh uh, anniversary of Clerks being released in theaters. This week's the 25th anniversary of Mallrats. That was today. Uh, uh, Kevin Smith put out a, a tweet with a with a bunch of pictures from the, <laughs> and they are making. I think they're making a, another Mallrats when that come out next year. Twilight of the Mallrats. Uh, it it is. Uh, underway in pre-production. He says the script is out, and they've got the agreement with Universal, who owns the rights to to Mallrats, which was the stopping block in the past of them doing it. said all the major members of the cast are coming back. So... so, I thought Michael Rooker might be too busy. Apparently he's not. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. So I suppose abs and Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Listening to Hobie!